Hello, I'm Sophie Jian. I'm the creator of Tender Adventure. I create content on life, love, and food with an adventurous spirit and a tender heart. You won't believe what I used to do. I was the chief financial officer of some leading media and creative companies in the world. You'd say that this is big change. Yes, it is. It took courage. One person who made me feel safe to be me and take risks in my career is my guest today. He did this for many others. He achieved great success and did so with a warm heart. His story is worth sharing. Harry Rovindranathan is the former international president of Bloomberg Media. Today, he is the CEO and co-founder of Converge, a fintech company. He is an angel investor and a writer. Harry is my former boss at Bloomberg Media and a dear friend. We spoke freely on life, leadership, family, and friendship. In fact, we spoke for four hours. It was difficult to condense the conversation into one hour. I hope you enjoy it. Supari,、so, how do you feel about your life? I can't say I had a life,、uh, you know, work balance at all. When I was、mm-hmm. when I was in Bloomberg, I was traveling heavily,、right. a lot、uh, all over the world,、um, and you know. Uh, my wife really did the hard job of of、um, of bringing up the kids when I was you know when I was away and and for me to say it is I think incredibly easy、mm-hmm. um, for her to do it was ex- was extremely hard while I was traveling and you know and everything else and and those are all things that obviously takes a toll on you personally because it is something that you missed out on and especially. You know, kids.、Uh, when the kids are growing up, you miss. You know, and and she would, you know, when I was traveling, she would take、uh, videos every day, every morning and evening, and she would just send it to me. Kind of didn't miss out. At least,、um, you know, sort of、uh, virtually, I got to see a little bit of of those moments. Panri was born in India. Soon after, he moved with his parents to Oman in the Middle East. It was a carefree childhood with his expand parents, full of mischiefs. By the time he was nine, his parents sent his brother and himself, in Paris' own words, two very naughty boys, to the boarding school in India to tame them. Henry couldn't be happier at the boarding school. What was Harry like in boarding school? That's a good question.、Um, most <laughs> most of my friends can't believe I got even got to what where I where I did or even to this you know small extent in some ways.、Um, it, I th- I think I was I was you know was not really good at studies or I really didn't pay attention to it. I really didn't pay attention to much in school. I think I spent most of my time trying to have fun. You no, know, like most kids do. You know, if you if you got a chance, you kind of you kind of lumbered through the the daily chores of of boarding school. You had a quite a lot of daily daily chores. You had 
you had mm. to get up at five o'clock in the morning for physical training, mm-hmm. which we all had to, you know, kind of, you know, sort of lumber through. You had right. to run cross country, which I was really bad at. You know, you you had a lot of physical exercise in the morning, which was mostly because you just didn't want to do it. You know, it was me just resisting doing it. And then you had school, and then you had you know all you know you know a daily sort of exercise. I think for me it was just. It was really having fun with friends, really nothing else. Right. You know, hanging around with friends and and you know, uh, you know, sort of you know, sort of skipping some of the daily chores and all of the daily hard work <laughs> and trying to stick, trying to stick to only the simple things. <laughs> so, were you a, a school leader? Not really. No, I wasn't actually. Um, and I don't think any one of my school friends would ever have characterized me as a leader. um i think i surprised most of my classmates or you know some some actually in every way because you know i was also very small in school physically oh. uh, all through my 12th grade i was really small i think i was one of the smallest in my school and then what happened is wow. i suddenly shot up after 12th standard some of my friends think i had some medicine or something uh <laughs> no i didn't i didn't have a medicine of any kind um but i shot up in in height and i think I don't know it was a big transformation I didn't do well in my 12th grade I did awful awfully uh, in my 12th grade it was almost like a wake up call someone telling me you got to get yourself sorted and and I don't know what happened it was a switch that turned on and since then I've been good at pretty much every, I mean I, when I say good I'm I'm saying relatively and I it's I'm not being immodest it's just good in my world I've been good at everything I've uh-huh. tried my hand at or at least at least at least i've been passable at least i can i i i made a i made a you know relatively okay career out of whatever i i yeah. learned after that so after the exam you got the grade you go you went home what was your so parents I, reaction so i came i yeah so i i came home and that's a really that's a good point because you know it is you know it is a failure in every way and it is how do you deal with that failure and i think uh I can't remember how exactly I dealt with it but I wasn't in a great place um even though I didn't show it I think um, my parents and and this is where I think you know your your support system really kicks in and if the support mm-hmm. system is great I think you kind of you're able to get yourself out of these little holes and my support system was fantastic my um my dad uh, and mom were highly supportive they were of course upset uh, you know that i didn't you know i didn't do well but then after that they kind of moved on from it and then tried to figure out what am i good at especially my mum mm. who uh, who kind of you know started really searching around where, where my talent lies you know you know she you know i couldn't be we i couldn't have been completely talentless so she said you know there's there's things that you were good at i was very good at english mm. i always right, was right i right. Uh, i i did very well even in my 12th grade I wrote well um it was something mm. that I always had a inclination towards um mm. and and my mom kind of identified that and said you know th- there are a few things that you should do that 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 are in there are things that you clearly have an interest in I was always interested in politics and you know the art mm. subjects social sciences right. I was always right. a very current student in the sense that I loved current affairs I loved politics mm. and I could go very deep into it um but none of that could be used in in what i was doing in my you know in my studies 
And so she kind of found me a, a course that she thought would fit me. But then my mom actually then um, sort of said, you know, this is where I think you will do well in. Uh, and and pointed me towards it and found the right sort of university and that's important mm-hmm. because that university played a big part in my life called Christ mm-hmm. uh, College Christ College it's one of the best universities down south right i've managed to get in based on you know based on my sort of social science sort of thing and of course you know you know you know it was a time when you could kind of somehow get in these kind of courses and it was uh, it was an english um, it was english literature it had uh, uh, journalism as an elective it has you know it has it had psychology behavioral psychology it was a mix of things that that actually i was i kind of got interested in and and that university sort of in some ways uh, sort of sort of molded me and the friends around me you know when you are around brilliant people i think it kind of um, you kind of bounce you know you kind of bounce off them I had some brilliant friends who were all in a small group of us who were absolutely good at everything you know the, we were in the cultural team um and I think we just wanted to go to college you know I I got up in the morning always raring to go into college mm-hmm. um and and that kind of shaped me uh, you know in diff- in a completely different way So young Perry found his passion and a gift in journalism His new journey would take him to study at Asian Journalism School in India, to the University of Westminster in the UK, and later to his gig at CNN in India. He loved working at an early-stage media company in India that had a profound impact on the leader he would later become. Still among, you know, among the companies that I've enjoyed most working with, uh there's just the entrepreneurial in every way mm-hmm. run by a guy called raghav bell um raghav's again a, a a very close friend who i actually did business with when i was in bloomberg as well as now bloomberg's partner in india mm-hmm. um Amazing. you know highly entrepreneurial and uh, yeah it's just an incredible place to work you know and i had a great boss a guy called central chengalwarayan um who again um i think I if I if I if I'm you know if I'm 20 to 30% of of him in the in the in 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 lot of ways of being so so secure I think I would be a, I would be a, I would I would be very very um I think I would make a decent leader. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well th- so that's very interesting. So so talk to me about that. So you said that was an incredible place to work and you had a very secure boss. What does that mean to you to you your experience um I think it it allowed us to grow you know it's not just me it was i think a generation of us to grow uh, and many of us uh, were roughly in the same age um, you know you know age of here and there two or three years and many of us grew uh, at tv team where i could you know i was throwing an idea a day at you know raghav uh and to to my boss who would pass it on to raghav and to you know the then ceo gakul harish chawla again a brilliant brilliant ceo um and these guys would you know i was throwing ideas at them pretty much every day and we had some you know and incredible talent on the top and none of them would say no to you you know they would say okay if they thought it was a really mm. you know really bad idea they would say you know 
you know, come back to us with something, you know, come back to us, work on it and come back to us. Wouldn't dissuade right. you from working on it. Never shot right. you down. I think that's a really, really important, uh, you know, quality. Never shoot mm. someone who's giving ideas because that sort of inhibits people from sending you ideas, more ideas, because they right. think it's a bad idea and should not have done it. I never, ever felt that they were shot any idea down, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And and because of that, I just would keep throwing ideas at them. There were two or three guys on top who who I could keep sending ideas to, and they would never say no to me. Um, you know, and um, and they're all still good friends of mine. There's a, you know Senthil, of course, my boss, Goindarathe Tiraj, who you I think may have met Sophie, who used to run Bloomberg UTV when it was yeah, we yeah. were uh, partnering with uh, UTV, and. Um, and and of course uh, Haraghav and and all these guys. So it was just, it was incredible. It was just the and it was exploding. And you know that company was you know you know sort of really growing at an incredible pace. Wow, that's amazing. I love I love what you said about you were throwing out ideas every day, but it was never dismissed. So you felt safe to put your ideas forward. Um, that is so important, uh, Parry. Also, you were doing that when you became came a leader at Bloomberg. You know, I experienced that I was working for you, but I also saw the people around me feel comfortable to put their ideas forward. So I got sense that you actually learned in your early experience at TV eighteen. That's so beautiful. Yes, absolutely. Harry went on to hone his news production skills at Al Jazeera in Doha. Later, he got a call from London. I was going to London, um, and and when a former boss of mine, Steve Clark, who used to be at, who used to be the boss of uh, of Al Jazeera, who had left, he had just mm-hmm. joined Bloomberg, and he called me right. up and he said, um, you know, you know, do you want? Uh, you know, is Bloomberg something that'll interest you? And and he yeah. he kind of uh, and then he brought me in and to meet Andy Lack. And I've heard of Andy. Uh, I don't know. You worked with Andy, of course. And if you're yeah. in the TV world, and at that t- at that time in the TV world, um, mm. you know, it, it doesn't get bigger than Andy Lack. Andy's mm-hmm. a big deal. Um, was a big deal and is a big deal. And and he kind of he interviewed me, and you know, I had a 15 minute window that became one hour. And at the end of it, he just made me an offer and wow. said, "When are you joining?" And I hadn't actually thought that through so right. well. Well, and I said, "I need a little bit of time." And he said, "Okay, you have a day." In wow! His, you know, his loud way, he said, was... "You have a day." With that, Perry became the head of Bloomberg Media Asia, overseeing the business and editorial. He was barely thirty. Bloomberg is a very large uh, business. Bloomberg was already a large business, Bloomberg LP, but media business was still a very small business in in Asia at that time. And, and to be honest with you, um, it still you know has a great halo that sits over over Bloomberg LP. Mm. It's a it's a very mm-hmm. successful model of of media in a lot of ways, right, uh, where right. you are able to think long term. You're able to be think on your feet and be more entrepreneurial. It's it's quite a place where you can experiment with a lot of things and technology. You know, at the base of it all, Bloomberg itself, as you know, Sophie, it was a technology company. You know, it is a technology and finance company which basically had a media company sitting on top of it. 
um so it was it was a fascinating time i think um also like you said i think when i joined uh, it was it was many sort of disparate sort of uh, media properties your business week with which we had you know just acquired um you had bloomberg television which was a very large network but we had many channels all over the world 22 i think if i remember and then and then sort of you know yeah. sort of uh, condensing it to a to one successful sort of model was what we were trying to 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 do at that time and which we did and and frankly you know under um, you know uh, andy lacks leadership at that time and then later on justin who sort of turned it into a digital sort of business but but obviously i reported to only two people in my you know more or less only only two people in my time there uh, it is what is andy and and justin and those two guys played a significant part uh, in in my career uh, over the last 10 years because you know i was only 30 when i joined so it was for me it was mm. you know i was literally you know starting from scratch as well uh, and figuring my my you know my, you know figuring my strengths and you know and how do i create all this uh, you know with with little prior, prior experience other than in a newsroom um so it was you know it was fascinating it was most it was one of the most exciting uh, periods uh, for my career and and certainly i grew both as as uh, as a media executive and as a journalist during that time i never went to business school as you know so i had to figure out management on my own way right. in my own right. little ways Right. One of the ways I figured out management was is actually Star Trek. I'm a Trekkie. Uh, I admit, I put my hand up, um, and I I loved, you know, I loved it. And I always say this, you know, you know, the captain of the ship, that is James T. Kirk. Yeah. He essentially was, you know, uh, essentially was not the best. He was not the smartest guy. He was not the 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 guy with the best communications. He was not the guy who could who knew the entire ship. Who would not be able to, you know, run a ship on his own. would was not the best pilot and you know there were plenty of others who were better than him who were all of them better than him and you know you could even argue his deputy was was better than him in a lot of ways that is spock it was better than all this the one thing he had was instinct he was right. very good at instinct he had he had really good instinct and he was he had a huge appetite for risk appetite mm. for risk and the ability to defend everyone under him he was you know 100% loyal to his 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 crew mm-hmm. and he would do anything for them and because of that they would do anything for him and again right. he surrounded himself with people better than him who were loyal to him because he was loyal to them he was right. the last you know he is the buck would stop with him if there was something that that needed to be done you know uh, on the ground and you know you had all these stories where he had to you know he would be the one who would go down he would put his hand up and do it right uh, and right. that th- i think you know that's you know jokes apart about star trek but my point is that essentially uh, you kind of you are you know i was the captain of the ship and and, and i had to make sure that <laughs> that i surrounded myself with people who were better than me right. and who could do their things better and i could trust them and they could trust me I'd never throw them under the bus uh, if you know someone above me kind of pulled pulled uh, the region up for things and you have been part of many times when you know the region got pulled up in the sh- at least in the first year mm-hmm. um but the thing is it's it's you know you defend the team and mm-hmm. and quite often most often your your superiors also respect that um because they mm-hmm. also respect that you are you are taking care of your team and that your team is important to you 
yeah. and much like they would defend me i mean various times my bosses have defended me yeah. uh, when when frankly you know they could have just thrown me to the wolves so it's 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 a it, that culture sort of in some ways is good i don't know if that actually i don't know if everyone appreciates it the same way as you do sophie because every every individual will have their own experience and you know with me and my own relationship with each one of them but i would like to think that you know they're all uh, they my relationship with each one of them has been special and and they and we've all remained <laughs> friends so they clearly yeah. don't hate me which is a good thing which is half the battle yeah. pare thanks for sharing that that other <laughs> few times that we were in a crisis you suddenly disappear went home early and suddenly second day you emerged with a leadership solution so <laughs> perhaps you were watching a dark movie right um but i want to i want to quote from captain kirk he said this is quote from him to boldly go where no man has gone before to boldly go where no man has gone i before. definitely have not gone anywhere boldly <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the spirit of of risk taking. I also love this. He said, "Quote from him: The prejudices people feel about each other disappear when they get to know each other. The prejudice." Exactly. I think. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Exactly. I think you know, and that that's another. I mean, I mean, jokes apart on this thing. I think you shouldn't. You know, you should get to know others. I think spend more time with uh, with the team. Um, mm-hmm. Not not just your leaders. I think few, right. you know levels below that as well because that's when you recognize you know talent. You might recognize someone below a few levels below who is very talented that that you did not you would have probably not seen otherwise if you don't spend time on it. So I, you know I love a newsroom. It is it is the thing that really drives me. I still love newsrooms. It's the thing I miss. Uh, and a newsroom in a newsroom you kind of see. people in a pressure cooker sort of situation and how they react to to that that sort of uh, sort of um that pressure and you see you see real character yeah. one thing in leadership is the buck always stops with you you cannot you mm-hmm. cannot let that seep down um credit is is the the all credit should go to the person who did it below you but if there's anything to be blamed it's you it's either the buck has to stop with you and that's a big part of leadership the moment you right, let that right. slip down to someone below you i think you'll stop becoming a good leader and frankly people will stop being loyal to you as well because you know then they stop taking risks and and that overall um, you know means that you will probably never attract the right kind of talent and i think you know every everyone talks about talent you know every organization talks about talent everyone talks about you know being paranoid about talent and being you know, really really uh, you know they talk about talent in in glowing terms but i think um, you know talent is made it's not always just you know you got to you got to get talent out of people there will be right. people who don't perform because they are not they're not secure there are various reasons someone doesn't perform but if you give them the right sort of environment if someone performs uh, i think creating that environment is your job as a leader. Yeah, so absolutely Perry you are saying that that talent well a you have talent but also talent can also be cultivated and also yep. bring the best out of this talent. 
but why do you think for when you look at the broader world uh broader business world why this idea of creating safe environment i feel is kind of undervalued can you talk to me about this i think you know one of the things that i you know few things one is there is that uh there is that uh, sort of uh, view of a brash leader right Uh, yeah. a brash leader there's some sort of romanticism around having brash leaders who uh, you know it's sort of top down culture where someone is leading you and you know i call it the steve jobs complex uh, because mm-hmm. a lot of people have that steve jobs complex where where you you know leaders think that i'm the right and you know i'm right mm-hmm. and you know um, and and you know not not being uh, not tolerating mistakes not tolerating you know uh, people learning under you or you know giving them chances you know you know uh, sort of uh, this sort of this thing of 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 kind of um sort of remo- removing mediocrity and a lot of people a lot of leaders talk about these words there are these words thrown about a lot in you know, mediocrity etc but you know what everyone forgets is all this is subjective you know uh right. who someone i think is mediocre someone else might think is you know is great you know or mm-hmm. or has mm-hmm. has found some talent in that person or and vice versa by the way and uh, mm-hmm. or or the we have not we have not spent time enough to mold someone i'm look uh, there there are there are plenty of times when you feel that someone is not right for your organization right for your the culture you're trying to build and the team you're trying to build and and you take action on that but there are plenty of cases where people have not spent enough time sort of molding and taking the best out of them and and that also because the environment you've created does not get the best out of them so so it's a you know you know most leaders sort of absorb themselves from that they absorb themselves from the uh, sort of talent sort of uh, management part of it everyone just thinks that you know you just these talent suddenly appears from from mars this is land up and then you're just hiring them they don't they're molded over time and i think it takes a little bit more of little bit more of spending time with talent understanding their strengths understanding what they're thinking and giving them enough room to take risks and 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 to right. sort of manage their growth to be able to actually get the best out of people and i believe this strongly and 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 i and it's worked for me uh, you know don't get me wrong i've not got it right all the time i've got it wrong many many times over over time you kind of you kind of you know you do a one and a half hour interview with someone you know you get others to do interviews and then you still got it wrong but but the thing is uh, you know most of the time when i've kind of trusted someone and let them let them sort of evolve and try new things and and kind of given them enough security around it i've seen them do well and i've always yeah. seen them exceed all expectations and i feel that it is just so important it is it's a less sexy thing to be honest you know it's nowadays just fashionable to say that these are you know just find the best talent you know we got to have you know 50 mm-hmm. you know of the best talent working for you etc but that just doesn't it's not born out of thin air you got to develop them mold them and, and and they have to grow with you i mean i love my experience at at bloomberg media looking forward to go to work every day and a group of amazing people but you know we're all human we have all, we all have different personal personalities but there's that that 
dynamics、um, between people. It was, it was authentic. It was human, and we're all very hardworking.、Um, it was just a, a great time, and and we were doing, we we're working very hard, but it was, it was joyful.、Um, so I want to ask that's you. A, that's a good point,、uh, Sophie. You know, joyful. Yeah. Yeah. See, the important thing is fun. You know, if people are not having fun and they are kind of living every day, thinking they're going to lose their job, or you know,、yeah. you know,、uh, or kind of sort of, sort of, sort of,、um, sort of dealing with a failure, I think you never get the best out of them. You know,、yeah. and、uh, and that's really important, I think. Yeah, and in my experience,、um, the joy I experience also come from the authenticity in 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 the environment. Authenticity of everyone's pers- different personality, which makes the workplace very interesting. And then that kind of authentic environment really build, you know, strong relationships, and you feel you can trust each other. I saw the authentic, ver- authentic Perry during my time working for you. So yeah, so I, I, I,、uh, you know, I kind of never took the. Job. I think the post seriously. I would say jo- I take.、Right. I took the job very seriously.、Um, right. As you know, it was you know. I I keep saying it's a second home, but for a long time it was my first home. I was actually literally in office all the time, on always switched mm. on. Mm. But I think it was、uh, you know、uh, I love my job、uh, to begin with,、uh, and two I never really took you know that position seriously enough. I think. Anyone, I always say, you know, anyone, you know, you could put a chimpanzee on that seat, <laughs> and that that chimpanzee will have enough authority.、Uh, <laughs> might actually do a better job than me.、Uh, but、uh, but essentially, whoever sits in that chair is 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 really would get all the authority that comes with that sitting in that chair. So if you know, you got to, I I never took myself seriously enough. To to、uh, to feel as if it was the most important job, it is me who made it important. It's the other way around, that that position made it me important. So, and if I'm not on that position, I'm less important than than than、uh, than、uh, than I feel I am anyway. My instinct always is、uh, is to diffuse a situation. You should always、right. diffuse a thing because anything that 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 sort of keeps building. You end up.、Uh, you always end up,、uh, and that continues to actually, you know, to fester. You, you, it becomes very difficult to manage as a team,、uh, and、yeah. it becomes more difficult as a team for teamwork.、Um, yeah. And usually, it's easier to just try and diffuse a situation, have a chat with the two people who are,、um, um, who are, you know, who who had a confrontation, hear their views out, because you will see that both of them have. A view of of the same thing in of two different ways, and they、right. both may have maybe completely may be completely lo- logical.、Mm-hmm. <coughs> and in this case, it was very logical for both ways. One、mm-hmm. was being frank, and was、okay. trying to help. The other one、mm-hmm. felt bad because you know she was overworked. In your case, you were overworked. You were doing so、mm-hmm. many things at that time.、Mm-hmm. You were essentially helping build the entire two. I think it, I remember it. It was two. <laughs> Two an entire business plan, two business yeah. plans, both、yeah. you know the UK, both、uh, Europe, Europe and, and Asia. Asia for me. Yeah. And、um, and these things happen, you know. And as long as you're able to have a conversation and get it out of the way, I think、uh, you're fine. Otherwise, it otherwise I think、um, it leads to it leads to disgruntled teams. I think and with each, disgruntled with each other anyway. So.
Um, so yeah, it, it's it's really important. But again, that was a small thing. But of course, in business, um, in any situation in life as well, you know, it can be much bigger things. But the import, I, I just love it that you 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 are aware of the importance of of um, support, being empathetic of people's emotions, because as you said, they really can escalate. You know, when we and were, don't be afraid to say sorry. You know, Sophie, I think. It's happened to me. Whatever happened to you, between you and you know the two of you has happened to me before. You know where mm-hmm. I've had a, I've had a big you know sort of sort of meltdown or or or, or some shouting match with someone. Yeah, at the end of it, you know, I I would cool down and then go say sorry. Um, and you got to keep egos out of the mix. I think ego is the worst thing you can have as a leader. And as uh, and in a business, in my view, and everyone has ego. It's natural. I think it is. It's a natural thing that we all, as human beings, will always have. But you got to keep out of it. I, I learned that very early in my career, relatively early in my career, where uh, you know, you know, working with some some really good Indian uh, Indian uh, media, uh, you know, media entrepreneurs. Uh, I think I've told you this story of you know Ronnie Scruella, who was our partner in India in, in Bloomberg UTV. We used to have uh, you know this is one particular incident. I won't I won't name the incident, but where I came out of it and I and I said you know Ronnie uh, you know there was someone who was uh, who had a confrontation with Ronnie and I was you know or or just an argument with Ronnie and I was just saying you know you know uh, an incident where you know I said Ronnie you know. Why didn't you say something? And Ronnie just said, "You got to keep ego at the you you got to keep ego at the door." And I learned a lot from that, you know, because he was, you know, he was Ronnie is uh, Ronnie Scrollo is, is a big deal in in the Indian media ecosystem, and uh, and I just learned a lot, and 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 that's that's what it is. You kind of have to keep egos at, and your ego in check, especially when you're working with people you care for and you're good at, and they're good at. Um, and either way, I don't think egos do, do great for business uh, overall. I think it just pulls you down in a big way. You talk about the um, managing egos. Why do you think it's so difficult? There are a few things I, I observe is it's difficult in the business world. Um, a is emotional awareness. <coughs> I feel we are we generally undervalue the importance of. Emotions. It's more powerful than logic when our emotions are fired up, right? Why do you think this is so undervalued? Yeah, I think it's you know it is you know everyone sort of looks at an ideal, right? Where you know you you kind of stick to logic when you have sort of ten people in a room, you know you are talking about ten emotions, you know ten different、right. people having their own emotions, and that'll reflect in anything. And, you know, it's not like having ten Vulcans in a in a in a room. And I'm again a Star Trek context, a bunch of logical human, you know, logical, you know, sort of beings who basically only stick to logic. We are not. We,、uh, again, it's Trekkie analogy, so it's kind of anyone who's seen Star Trek knows what I'm talking about. But the thing is, it's essentially, you know, we are not. We are not all driven by logic, and you know,、mm. we are driven by emotions. We and that's what makes us better in some ways. Than、uh, than we are in in some ways because those emotions are what actually gives us makes us what we are. I feel this is such undervalued skills. It is. 
in business. And it it is, and I think it's also like I said. I think it comes from the very top down sort of mm. uh, approach, where a where a leader is not expected to show emotion, is not expected to is expected to be the the hard decision maker sort of top down sort of thing. Where and uh, whereas you know they're as you know you know they are they've got all the faults that everyone else has. You know, it's not mm-hmm. as if they were. Like I said, they don't have horns on their head, uh, or they don't have pointy fingers to to put their <laughs> pointy ears uh, to put to use the Vulcan analogy. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, but it is just it is you know it is you know we are we are running organizations and where and and you got to be able to be empathetic to everyone who's who's working for you. <clears throat> I think there's a little bit of em- difference between empathy and and I don't mean th- you know I don't mean that. You know, in through any of this, I don't mean that you don't, you shouldn't have authority. Mm-hmm. Um, authority, you should have authority. You should have, you know, the buck stops with you. And in a lot of ways, you that also doesn't mean that you're lenient. It is just, it is not a, it is not a, uh, it is not a, you know, it's not a show of weakness to to have any of this. Mm-hmm. It's in fact a show of strength that you're able to to kind of uh, to deal with it this way. Um, yeah. But it's you know it's it's all of it combined. It's 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 not something that can be very narrowly defined. While Perry was driving success at work, in his personal life, he is grateful for the love and support from his family, especially his lovely wife Anita. Perry, how do you feel about your life? Oh, I cannot complain at all. I, I, you know, I'm an incredible wife and kid.、Um, mm-hmm. You know, parents back home, a huge family net that kind of、uh, family safety net that that obviously makes me feel incredibly secure in, in my personal life.、Um, at 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 home, my kids are the boss. They they kind of. They,、uh, I cannot control my kids. Wife does a much better job of it. <laughs>、um, you know, I didn't. I, I can't say I had a life,、uh, you know, work balance at all. When I was when I was in Bloomberg, I was traveling heavily, a lot,、uh, all over the world.、Um, and you know,、uh, my wife really did the hard job of of、uh, of bringing up the kids when I was, you know, when I was away. And and you know, mind you, she also. She's, you know, she was. We were colleagues many years back, and she was. She's, she's better, at, better, at、uh, most of the job than I am. And she took the, a break. I really bring up my our kids, and and now she's finally back, back to doing, you know, what she does really well. Obviously, I wouldn't have got anywhere without、um, without her being a very, you know, providing all the stability back home. Um, when I don't have to really worry much about a lot of things, so yeah, I, I, I think I don't say it enough, and she probably is going to hear it and faint that I said it.、Um, <laughs> but I think I, you know, she gave up a lot more than I did. I think so, you know, a lot more than I did, because、mm-hmm. in the sense that you know, she had a she had an incredible career. Yeah. She, she kind of、um, she kind of put an abeyance. For you know, to look after my kids and and our kids and 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 I think that you know she, you know it's for me to say it is I think incredibly easy.、Mm-hmm. Um, for her to do it was ex- was extremely hard. 
while I was traveling and you know and everything else and and those are all things that that obviously um that that obviously takes a toll on you personally because it is something that you've missed out on and especially you know kids uh, when the kids are growing up you miss you know and and she would you know when i was traveling she would take uh, videos every day every morning and evening and she would just send it to me kind of didn't miss out at least um, you know sort of uh, virtually i got to see a little bit of of those moments uh she kind of always was the big rock that that stood behind me and and, and still does you know when i was uh, di- when i decided to to jump to 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 uh, to do my startup you know i had i had other offers and choices and approaches and everything else which i did not take any one of them and i took the hardest one of them which is the which is actually running a startup and building something from scratch with my co-founder um it's going to take me away quite significantly i asked her that i should do it she said if that's what you want to do and this is what you want to do you always wanted to build something on your own you should do it you should at least try it you know and and that's i think that's kind of gave me the confidence to try it because because if you know of course our kids are slightly older so it is is slightly a tad easier but it still is going to you know the bulk a lot of the burden is going to fall on her because i will be busy trying to 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 build this into something so so i i don't think uh, to to put it in a nutshell i just don't think i could i could have done any of this uh, without her and i think i would have been pretty pathetic yeah it's a it's completely new it's you know it's a it's nothing from the media world um, which is both uh, exciting and scary um yeah. exciting because i'm learning you know something new from an entire bunch of you know, very young team it's my co- company's called converge um mm-hmm. it's you know i kind of co-founded it with uh with uh, uh someone i've known for many many years um uh, we we are related and um, he uh, he was an uh, visa executive bargis abraham mm-hmm. uh visa executive for 25 years but someone who um who's even uh, who's even better than me as a leader in in every way uh you know i've seen him operate and i and i and i mm-hmm. look at it and say oh god uh, i hope i i get as good as him because he's he's i think uh, you know he really is one of the most empathetic people i've met but you know but most importantly he's a is a great techie um he's a technology mm-hmm. leader you know he's assembled, we have assembled a, a real you know smart bunch of very young uh, engineers who frankly i'm learning from every day i think they're learning very little from me i think i'm learning from them every day mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh but yeah it's uh, you know it's exciting it's in the global payments b2b space that's you know to put it very very in a very sort of a short sort of way but it is um, it's way off my com- comfort zone but it is an area that i do know about my co-founder obviously has built these things for decades at visa uh, right. and um it's 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 going to be fun you know in media i've kind of done various roles over over the years i've done pretty much you know worked in every large organization i can think of i could either go and and build another media company uh, or i could do something very different to learn something new and right. all this in some ways will 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 obviously help me um develop further i think it is hugely exciting you know it is right. way way more exciting than anything i could have imagined doing right now and um, you know 
and I, I'm seeing a lot of people try that. You know, my ex-boss Justin, as you heard, <laughs> Sophie, he's he's yeah. ventured out, and I, in yeah. fact, I just exchanged messages with him yesterday, and oh. you know, he's an exciting new phase where he's starting a new startup with you know Ben Smith in a brilliant yeah. journalist, and and you know, it's yeah. is there a better time to do it? And and, and you know, he's taking a you know he's taking a bigger leap than even I'm taking. So I hugely admire him for for having the having the you know sort of audacity to do it and audacity yeah. is, is really important audacity yeah. is what i think you got to have audacity i think if you're yeah. an entrepreneur audacity is what matters more and i and i and i hope i have a little bit of that yeah parry i i i love that you know i just love that this entrepreneurial spirit this courage to take on new adventures audacity as you said and it and even after you and Justine have already achieved what you have achieved and take on bolder adventures, I think that spirit is just amazing. And I think we're going to see more people doing that because I think the world today also give us more entrepreneur um, opportunities. Exactly. You look at your own career, Sophie. I mean, I've seen you as a, and I've seen various iterations of you. You know, you 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 know, in a media company, you know, an international CFO. And then to to a bank, uh, you know, I, you know, and then to a music company, which is a very yeah. different economics of, than you know what I you know what you did at Bloomberg, even though it's, it's all media. But then, and then to running your own setup, and you know we are recording this podcast. Um, yeah, and, yeah. And so you know, and that is audacity. You know, that is that is reinventing yourself. You got to reinvent yourself, because the thing is, you know, in today's world, if you don't. If if you know it is about reinvention, what worked for you in your right. last gig does not work for you in the next gig. That reinvention is harder than everyone thinks. But you got to be able to put that past behind your past glories behind. I think that's the important right. thing, Sophie. It is because you you know when you have a slightly uh, a career that's uh, you know taking you to a point, and I'm I'm very hesitant to say the word success because success means different things to different people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it, anything a, a career that got to you got you to a certain point, you end up thinking that that's the that's that's the path that is the right way to do things. That's mm-hmm. that's why you got there. In fact, I mm-hmm. think the other way around. I think you got to each time you join a new job, you got to put your past behind, and anything that worked for you in the past may not work. You got to look at it afresh. You know, mm-hmm. it's a constant process, and keeping the glory and your own self worth. Behind is really important if you want to move forward as an entrepreneur. Exactly, and and the thing is, and and you know, um, I'm you know, whatever may, at least in both mine and your case, we are both doing some things that we have not done before. But yeah. again, uh, you got to look at it as a blank sheet. It's a new beginning, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you got to you got to be, to be honest, you got to learn from everyone. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, so inspiring. Um, But best wishes to you, uh, Perry, for your for your journey ahead, and also for your for for your family as well, uh, who just moved back to 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 India. So I wish you best in your entrepreneur new entrepreneur journey ahead, (laughs) and then you know love and and joy uh, for your family. Thank you so much, Sophie, and 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 frankly, this was great fun, and I think it is quite unique. It gets you to speak a lot more, and um, yeah. you even got me to speak about Star Trek. In tomorrow, like, everyone makes fun of me because I learned my <laughs> management from Star Trek. I have you to blame. <laughs> well done, though. 
I think you exceeded <laughs> him. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed Perry's story. Perry is a great leader and entrepreneur. For me, what makes his story unique is the gift of acceptance. Perry fully accepts himself. This allows him to accept others. Feeling accepted gives us incredible sense of safety and confidence to take on the ventures of the work and in life. Acceptance is an amazing gift. It is the root of empathy. I hope you give it to yourself and others important to you. Paris parents, if you are listening, I know how grateful Paris is to the gift of acceptance you give to his younger self. He gave it right back to the world. Making this podcast took tremendous work. If you like it and have the resources. I'd really appreciate your support and donation. Your generosity will allow me to make more content to bring warmth, tenderness, and courage to the world. Find donation link on sophiejane.com. Subscribe to Tender Adventure. I so appreciate your support. Have a great day.